all these 25-year-olds are French Bulldogs. <laughs> Dear Shandy. Welcome back to another Dear Shandy. Wait, what am I doing? Welcome back to Dear Shandy listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you today? Doing okay. How you doing? Oh, oh, I was going to ask if mm. you were going to ask me. Mm, I did. It loses its oomph if I have to ask you. Well, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's Q&A day. It I is. always like a Q&A day. It's you know, getting back to roots. The roots, what we're meant to be doing. The foundation. Yeah. We, we kind of got a little sidetracked for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Continue to for be sidetracked. three years. The heart and soul of Dear Shandy. We've got some good cues today. Shall we get going? We do. Are they good? Or are you just saying that? Is that a pleasantry or is that true? Well, I mean, I think that all the cues that I select. Oh, are you're good. like one of the, you're like at the at the restaurant where you're like, what's good today? What's what's good on the menu? And they're like, oh, everything here is good. <laughs> like, oh, great. Look, I'm not going to pretend that every cue we receive is like an amazing cue, but uh, oftentimes they are actually. They're all really good. It's just some of them are just too long. Mm. I'm going to do that thing I do again. Where I remind our shandies that if you are sending novel length questions, that is probably going to keep your question from being chosen. You know what we could do? We could have another uh, segment of Dear Shandy called Story Time. Okay. Where we read the longest questions we've gotten. <laughs> okay. And then just don't give any yeah, feedback. That's it. It's just a story. <laughs> just read it. Okay. Do you feel ready to get going? Yeah. All right. This, by the way, will be the last Q&A of 2023. Wow. 2023. Yeah. And do you want to know which Q&A number this episode is? This would be, I'm going to guess, um, we're looking at Q&A number 60. Are you serious? Is that what you really think this is? Yeah. No. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, no. Um, uh, okay, no. Q&A 50. No. 48? No. 56? No. 45? No, but you're getting really warm. 43? No. 42? No. 40? No. 44? Yes. Mm. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right, let's get going. This first question. Reggie Jackson. What? 44. That was his number. Oh. Okay. Remember we had the story about Reggie Jackson? Yeah, he was a real dick. To go, go F off. Yeah, he was a dick to a yeah, lot of people. Number 44. Retired his number. Okay. Yeah, no one else who's a Yankee can ever have the number 44. Really? Yeah, that's it. When you retire the number, it's like when you're so good. You're like, we can't have another player dilute your number. Derek Jeter also, number two, never again. Wait, how does one reach that point? Like, how? who decides whether or not you are, per, like, forever number worthy? I think the manage the team, I, I don't know. That's a good question, actually, who they're deciding. It's like a hall of fame. It's like having a star and the the star, what is that? The celebrity? Yeah, like the, the walk of, of fame. Fame, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I think that the team, it's like the management of the team just votes. And I think they just, I think it's a given. Honestly, I think when someone's net numbers retired, it's like everyone knows it's going to be retired. It's okay. Like when Derek Jeter was retired, it's like no one's like, oh, maybe Derek Jeter wasn't that good. No, okay. of course he's getting retired. I just feel like that sucks for someone who was sort of on the cusp. Yeah, the cusp ones I'm not sure about. That's uh -huh. a good question. Like maybe someone was retired and they're like, oh no, that number should stick yeah, around. Yeah. That's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, like he's retiring and he's like, like waiting for the yeah, announcement yeah. and like, everyone's like, well, nice knowing you. Yeah, yeah. And then the new young player comes on the team. He's got his number. And he's like, oh, I see how it is. Okay. So this first question is from Anonymous. Dearest Shandy, 
I will start this email by giving Charlene what she wants. This is the show I look forward to every week. I love your dynamic and it is so refreshing to see an example of a healthy relationship that shows nonstop laughter and being able to disagree while maintaining respect. Wait, that's what you want? Is that? Is that do oh, I you give, want praise? Do I give the impression of want? I'm just reading the emails. I never, I, I select questions that don't give praise. That was very passive aggressive. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm kind of taken aback by that. No, I think that was done I, in like a patronizing baby voice. I do not, by the way, need praise in an email to, to select an email. It makes no difference. Whether or not you praised your shandy will have no bearing on whether oh, or not your question I'm, is I'm chosen. I'm impressed you chose this question after that that clear, passive-aggressive swipe. <laughs> I liked the question. Okay, wow, well, it must be a good question. Oh, I mean, I, uh, I don't, I guess I don't take things personally. <laughs> well, now we can take the gloves off. <laughs> Look out, Anonymous. Here we come. Now to my question. I, 24 female, live with one of my best friends, 28 female, in New England. This is my first apartment that I can call my own and enjoy having my own space to come home to. Here's the issue. My roommate and her boyfriend, 30, have been dating for about three to four years now, and him and I have been friends since I dated my first boyfriend and before they started dating. I enjoy her boyfriend a lot, but the problem is he is the type that takes up a lot of space in a room and will often occupy main living spaces when he is over and rarely cleans up after himself. Soon after moving into our apartment this summer, she made him a key without asking me if it was okay. I had a very significant reaction to this news because not only was I not aware this was happening and she didn't ask permission, I simply do not want him to have access to my apartment to enter whenever he pleases. I told her then that it made me very uncomfortable that he could just come and go as he pleases. And while she understood where I was coming from, she also didn't want to have to ask for it back. Am I the asshole? Should I be okay with someone who does not pay our rent to have access to our apartment? Am I overreacting? Looking forward to hearing your thoughts, Anonymous. Hmm. Mm. I feel like there's certain pieces of information I could have probably used. Oh, really? What do you think's missing? Oh, how long have they been dating? She said three to four years. Oh, I missed that part. Uh huh. She also was friends with him before the her friend and him started dating. Right. Since she was dating her now ex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's um, complicated. It's a little complicated. It's it really comes down to well, first of all, I think it was a it was a weak move for her roommate to not tell her. Totally. There's no question about well, that. Well, especially since it sounds like they're friends. She said best friends. So they were friends before they were roommates. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. okay, so definitely a faux pas. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Agreed. No question. Yes. Does that make her uh, her an asshole i don't think not, anonymous I, is the asshole no no anonymous is definitely no i'm talking about the, the, the roommate friend. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Fr- the roommate yeah does it make the roommate an asshole and i don't think it rises quite to the level of asshole what i think it rises to is sloppy yeah i get the impression that her best friend thinks of them all just as friends because of the history here there's a lot of history here you know, she, this isn't just a guy that her friends started dating. It sounds like they've been in the same friend circle yeah. for a long time. And I can see why her friend was just like, oh, yeah, like we moved in. Like, here's a key. Like, what? Sure. no big deal. I do think she should have asked for permission. It's a courtesy thing. And I think this is all a red herring for what really needs to happen, which is a conversation with the boyfriend or with the friend about her boyfriend about maybe not occupying so much 
real estate in the apartment and just yeah. being messy and cleaning I, up after himself. I actually think that that you're a hundred percent right. I think that's the real problem. The key I think is the straw that broke the back. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's had it. The issue here, first of all, she trusts him. She's been friends with him forever. Yeah. It's the, not a safety. This is thing. not a, yeah. He's yeah. not going to bring over crazy people. No. He's not going to have house parties there when they're not there. Mm-hmm. The problem is he's a slob and he's not respecting the space. Yeah. He doesn't live there. He doesn't pay rent. I think it's also his comfort in the common areas. It's not like he's entering the apartment to then go straight to his girlfriend's room. It sounds like he's entering the apartment and just like lounging he's making on himself the sofa. at home. Yes. Yeah. You got to share the TV with I him. I got to be honest. That would annoy me. Annoy the hell out of me. She's like, moved into her first place away from home you know she's excited uh, to have her own space and then she has to deal with this i would be annoyed what i would say is this i don't think the key is really that much of an issue i agree what i think the key allows for is an entree mm. into the conversation about the whole situation yes with key comes great responsibility yes if you have a key to this apartment it also means that maybe you can wash a dish in this apartment yeah yeah, yeah. you know refill the toilet paper when you've used it up yeah. If you finish the toilet paper, you could go buy more toilet paper. Yeah. I just I think that, you know, it's a privilege and a responsibility. Yeah, the holder of the key must also participate in the in the duties of the home. Yes. If he's not paying rent, the least he can do is make it so he's not causing more work for the people who do pay rent. As a matter of fact, the only people I've ever given a key to mm-hmm. for key. I, uh, this capital K key. The key. Yeah. The key to the, the key. castle. I mean, the key's a big step. It's a big deal are people who are doing chores while we were away. So like if we go away, I need my plants watered or I need some packages picked up. Mm -hmm. I give someone my key and I give that, the person I give that key to, I trust implicitly. Yes. And I only give keys to people that not only I live with, but people I plan on spending a long time with. Mm. Like I've had girlfriends who didn't get a key. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when you gave me a key, you were like- It's a big deal. Well, and I was kind of like, yeah, thanks. You're like, no. This is a big deal. <laughs> That's so, uh, see, I'm me. We've I said the thing. We've never talked about this, but like, yeah, you gave me the key and I was just like, oh yeah, thanks, whatever. And you oh, were yeah. like, no, this is, this is a big moment. I'm giving you the key. You wanted um, like to have. Fanfare. Yes. I'm not a key giver. No. But you didn't know that. No, I but didn't. I don't give keys. Some guys are more loose with their keys. Yeah. I'm, I'm not loose with my keys. Okay. <laughs> Now that I know you better, it's actually kind of amazing you gave me a key as early as you did. Yeah, that was a big deal. That's why when you, you were like, uh, I was, I was a little disappointed. <laughs> I expected the royal treatment. <laughs> you want me to bow down? <laughs> the giving of the key <laughs> commences. Yeah, thank you, sir, for this key. Yeah, that's like knighting you. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, I had no idea then what I know now. Okay, well, I think we've answered this. Anonymous, you are not the asshole. We think you have a right to be upset, but we really think the main thing you're upset about is the fact that this guy is a slob. And that is annoying. That is- If you're not paying rent and you're a slob- Oh, oh. yeah, I feel like this will turn into a conflict if it doesn't first start with- a nice conversation. Yeah, it starts with a nice conversation. Yeah. And if there's resistance, that, then then we've got trouble. We've got trouble, yes. the beginning of a war. This is how wars start. Yeah. All right, Anonymous, good luck. Oh, and I forgive you. All right, this next question is from S. S on the ladder. <laughs> Dear Shandy, I'm a huge fan of the both of you. I love and think often of the answers you give on the podcast. I have a lot of respect for your opinions. Thank you, S. Thank you. And just a reminder that had no bearing on me choosing this question. (laughs) I did not require that. Can you imagine you just come through the questions like not nice enough? No compliment. Almost nice enough. (laughs) 
I'm S, 28 female, and the person in question is my fiance, A, 33 male. We have been together for seven years and have two beautiful children together. I am currently a stay-at-home mom, and he works to support our family. I have a handful of friends that I talk to and see every once in a while, but I really enjoy being home with my family. A, meanwhile, is an extrovert, and I am more introverted. A has recently joined a new friend group that are nice, but are big partiers and like to go out a lot and stay out late. Mm. A has been going out with them every weekend and not coming home until 5 or 6 a.m. I told him that I don't feel comfortable with him doing this, and he said he doesn't understand why, because he isn't doing anything I should worry about. He says he goes to bars, works on cars, or hangs out at his friend's house. Works on cars till 5 in the morning? (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) <laughs> you find it suspicious in the in the in the bin of good excuses mm. this is an excellent one like can you imagine <laughs> if i came home at six in the morning like stinking drunk yeah. and i was like working on cars <laughs> well what's interesting about that is that you can have to prove it yeah i mean that's you you don't make that excuse unless it's true like <laughs> honestly or, or you're a genius i asked him if he'd care if i went out and did the same thing and he said he wouldn't care because he trusts me just as long as i wasn't driving drunk i'm not concerned that he's out cheating or anything he's like how charlene i believe you once described andy something like flirty but faithful <laughs> <laughs> i want that on my tombstone <laughs> Still, am I the asshole for trying to put a curfew on him or is he not being respectful about how I feel? What would you do if you were in this situation? Thank you for taking the time to read my question. Much love, S. Hmm. Hmm. How often is he going out like this? She said on weekends, he goes out with them every weekend, not coming home until five or six the next morning. And he's got two kids at home? Mm-hmm. They're engaged, but not married. Not no, really uh, yeah, they're engaged. They have two kids. Okay. They've been together so they're, seven they're, years. They're married, essentially. Doesn't yeah, matter. they've been together a while. Um, hmm. Okay. And she's home with the kids. It sounds like she prefers it that way. See, this is, this is one of those questions where the, this question is not the actual question. Mm. I think the question is, why does he want to be out till five or six in the morning away from his family every single weekend? What is he running away from? And honestly, I remember the times in my life where, I, what, what's the age again? She's 28 and he's 33. Mm, yeah, he's and he still, supports them. Okay, so he he's works. still at that age where he's kind of like, it's it, it's a wild oat age. Yeah. It's not, I'm not saying he's sowing the oats. Yeah. I'm just saying the oats are, they're in the And silo. they've been together for seven years. So since he was 26. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's having a little bit of like a I missed out on some time, uh-huh. party time. And I think he's really for the first time embracing this kind of lifestyle and like trying to catch up maybe, maybe on yeah. lost time. I also don't think he's cheating because it would be so... I know it's it would too be, over the top. It's too over the yeah, top. Five, yeah, five, six a.m. It's too off. Yeah. He'd be more. He'd be more surreptitious yeah, about 100%, it. One hundred percent. Such a great yeah, word. Yeah, be like, oh, business trip. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, I shouldn't like, laugh. Sorry, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. But that does happen. Yeah, you don't go out if you're going to cheat on your spouse. You don't go out till five or six a.m. every single weekend, yes. unless you literally are making it obvious, like I'm cheating on you. Let's break up. Yeah. Like, why are you not leaving? Which I me? do not think is happening. I think they have a good relationship. I think the issue here is not the relationship. I'm going to go on a limb here because oftentimes it would be if you're trying to escape from something. I think it's actually that he didn't get this 
previously enough mm. and he's catching up. I think he wants to have his cake and eat it too. I think he wants the family. He likes his kids. He likes his wife. She's his common-law wife mm-hmm. at this point. I think he's trying to sort of catch up for some partying he missed out on or or maybe he felt like he didn't get his full party era completed. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if I was her, I'd be pretty bummed that one full night every single weekend is completely shot. I'm not involved. And the next day, I can't imagine he's waking up crisp at eight in the morning ready to have a day. He's probably completely destroyed the next day. Yeah. So every weekend of our life is taken away from me. I've got these kids that I'm dealing with. I'm amazed she's tolerating this. To be honest, she's she's a very doting wife to be Mm. dealing with this. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to look at this one. First, she is introverted, so it is not a cost to her to stay home. I'm getting like my older sister, like I'm getting my older sister vibes from this. Like her social life is her family. That's how she likes it. She had four kids for a reason, you know, that she's really her happiest at home. So I'm going to take her at face value with that and not assume that there's some other thing because otherwise there's so many ways we can look at this. You know, we can pick this apart in every direction. As we're talking, I'm thinking of five more ways. And another thing that sort of stands out to me is the fact that he's working, he's solely supporting this family. Um, There's two ways to look at that. One is the pressure of that and then maybe a a desire to release that pressure once in a while, once a week or or more. It's a lot. Yeah. And also possibly a sense of entitlement that comes i'm not saying that he's definitely this person but i think there are people like this where it's like well i'm the breadwinner yeah which means i get to do what i want no you know the title of her email is i think this is interesting is it a respect thing Mm. so we often talk about the sort of red herring and you know what what actual question is being asked and i think you're onto something with that the fact that How interesting that, you know, he goes and works every day and then on the weekend, which you would think might be the time when he really connects with his family or sets aside maybe a date night, they make some sort of plan. Instead, he's going out and in fact, excluding her quite a bit from whatever he's doing for fun. You're right. It's like, that's what I'm saying. That's their only time to really be like, here, we're going to have free, unfettered time. Yeah. My question that I'm sitting with now is, is her introversion forcing this like is she like Mm. i don't want to go out yeah like you go out i don't i'm not going to go out like and maybe they've tried going out and she's just not into it she's like let's get home i want to get home to the kids i don't want to deal with this and look i don't want to put this on her but he's he's committing a foul here he should not be out to five or six every weekend even if he's single with no girlfriend i think that's too hardcore Uh like what's going on with that you're not a club owner like take it easy (laughs) it's not 1983 maybe maybe he's a promoter or something she didn't say Uh, i mean he is he basically is a promoter now Even if he's not (laughs) inadvertently. But I think that if she is willing to say, let's get a babysitter and let's go out, let's go out hardcore and see how that goes. That's the part. That's the part that I'm not. We haven't been told. Yeah. And I need to know, has have they tried that? And he's like, "Eh, this isn't fun. Mm -hmm. Or is she just like, I don't want to do this? Because if she's not making the effort to ever go out with him, this guy wants to go out. He wants to rage. He finishes his week. He's like, I don't want to be with the kids. I don't want to be. I want to go out and party. party. I don't want to cheat. No. Although we don't know. Who knows? But I, I don't I, think he's cheating. No, I think that He may that... be flirting, but he's not cheating. I don't <laughs> well, think he's cheating. Flirty but faithful. Hashtag. Fl- flirty but faithful. <laughs> huh? Anyway. But I do... You just got embarrassed. <laughs> I got embarrassed. This is not a good title. I don't like... I've decided I don't like that title. 
There has to be a discussion like you are 33. You have two, well, 33. I'm not saying that's old, but it's not 23. No. You're 33 years old. You have two kids. You're basically married. What are you running from? What are you running from? Like, what are you missing? Like, what can I do to fill that hole that you're, you're, you're filling with these five to 6 a.m. nights? And if I can't fill it, can you rein it in a little bit? Can we spend maybe every other weekend, just spend some quality time playing board games yeah. at home? Like, just chill out. I, I'm wondering if there is a, something that bothers her beneath this, which is the fact that instead of spending time with her, he's spending time with these these new friends. You know, she asks, am I the asshole for trying to put a curfew on him? Or is he not being respectful about how I feel? I feel like neither of those are really getting to the root of how she feels about this. Yeah, She's like, oh, well, actually, I feel like you're not respecting how I feel. It's like, well, how do you feel? What is the core of what bothers you about this? Is it the fact that you feel left out? Is it the fact that he's not choosing to spend time with you over these this new group of friends? Is it the fact that you feel neglected? Even the email, the way it's constructed, it hits all the points, but there's a lack of like her core feeling in it. You're, She's you're like, right. am I the asshole for wanting to put a curfew on him? Even that feels broad. Yeah. Like, it feels approximate. There's a lot of detail here and no detail. Yes, which I think, I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I, I suspect that that is how their communication around this yes. is. Yes. It's broad, it's not specific, and it's not feelings-based. I don't know if the podcast was the first salvo of this discussion, yeah. but this should have been a many discussion thing before the podcast. Cool. Like this should be like the breaking point where she's like, okay, I got to write into Dear Shandy. I, she, he's not listening to anything I tell him. Yeah. I feel like she hasn't had the initial conversations yet about this. There may have been a couple of mentions like, Hey, wow, you're really going out yeah, late. Yeah. I, that's the feeling I'm getting. I agree. There has to be like a sit down. We got to talk. Mm -hmm. This is insane. I know you're, you're you're bringing home the bacon for this family. Yeah. But there's a limit to how much you should be acting like a 16 year old. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I want to spend time with you. If she doesn't want to spend that, time with them on the weekends, that's a different thing. It, even that. Notice how she never said that. She never She's said never that. said, I want to spend time with him never on the weekends. It. I feel left out. That's what's missing from this email. And I suspect that's what's missing from their conversations. What's interesting about this is I'm getting the feeling, and this may be going on a limb, uh -huh. that she doesn't really care that much about spending time with him on the weekends. <laughs> and, oh, no, hold on a second. We're coming full circle uh, yeah. A little bit. And she doesn't want to join him. She doesn't want to go out. She's yeah. an introvert. She said that. Yeah. She gave us that information. So she is actually feeling disrespected, even though she doesn't necessarily care uh, about the logistics of yeah. it. Yeah. So I feel like she feels like she's being um, socially cheated on. Yeah. Like he's basically like, I want to, this is where I'm having fun. Yes. Then I'm coming home to, the, to, the to, work. to my drudgery yes. with you. Uh-huh. I have to be honest. I know, I know of a situation like very similar to this of a friend of mine uh -huh. from, from a ways back, not anymore, but in the, in the old days and set very similar situation partied every weekend hard. Yeah. To the wee hours of the morning. And he supported his family. Interestingly, the opposite. Really? Yeah. She was the breadwinner. Yeah. And what about they had kids? And it's interesting because Wait, did they have kids? Yeah, this is important. Two kids. Okay. She didn't want to go out ever. Yeah. Okay. And when they went out, it was kind of like a really mellow, like, you know, dinner, quick home. Okay. Like she wasn't into going out. Yeah. And I don't think she complained much about him being out. Oh. Maybe it didn't bother her. When you go out once in a while and have a rager with your friends, I I love it. I'm like, go have fun with your friends. I love it when you get to do that. But I have to admit, if you did it every weekend, 
And it's not like I'm even like looking after kids at home. I would be a little like, why, why is it that your default for fun is with other people? Well, that's the thing. It seems like he's really getting his rocks off without her. Uh-huh. She's the family and the fun is outside. Yeah. And I don't think she feels great about that, I even though she doesn't want to have that kind of fun. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I relate to that, actually. He's cheating on her with activities. Yes. He's cheating on her with a life outside of their life. He's literally has a mistress and that mistress is partying. His cars. Yeah, his cars. Yeah, he's working. He's got this whole garage full of beautiful cars. Okay, I think we've answered this one as well as we can. I don't think she's the asshole for trying to put a curfew on him, but I also don't think he's necessarily being disrespectful of how she feels. I think that there's some miscommunication happening here and maybe just by the fact that there isn't much. Yeah. Yeah. She has to make her feelings and desires known very clearly. Yeah. And I feel like she first has to make it clear with herself. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. S. Good luck. I think that you're going to need it, actually, because yeah. this is something that will take reflection. Yeah. All right. Good luck. All right. This next question is from Anonymous, but it's worth noting that it is a Mandy. A Mandy? A Mandy? A full oh, Mandy? Oh, it's a Gandhi, technically. Oh, okay. All right. yeah, That's good. Guy. That's still good. He's under 36, making right. him not yet a man. But again. <laughs> I mean, the title of the email is A Male Shandy Makes an Appearance. Mm. So he's opening by talking in the third person. <laughs> he recognizes his importance. <laughs> Dear Shandy, I've been listening to your podcast for around two years now and have found the insight you offer to be so useful in navigating the trials and tribulations that life has thrown at me. So I'd like to start by saying thank you for providing us, Shandies, with such a good podcast. Thank you, Anonymous. Today, I want to raise a topic that I don't think has been touched on before. So let's set the scene. As the title suggests, I am a rare male Shandy. I'm 25 and I'm from the UK. I'm at the point where I've realized I'm not super interested in casual dating and would like to find something serious. Since I grew up in a generation where dating apps were normalized, almost all of my dating history has been due to dating apps, with only one or two situationships coming from people I've met in the real world. I'm really lucky in that I can date quite easily online. I'm an average looking guy and I know how to hold a conversation, so dating hasn't really been an issue. Even though the apps have served me well, I'd really like to start opening myself up to the opportunity to meet someone in real life, except I don't know how. There are rarely any chances to meet women through my social circles, and working in a male-dominated industry means my office is no use either. I plan on resetting this by moving to London next year. However, I can't bank on that working out, as I think making friends as an adult can be really difficult, something that people need to talk about more. On top of this, the years of online dating has led me to only have confidence in that space, and in the real world, I don't have any. I don't know how to be charming or funny when I first meet a woman and the thought of approaching someone I find attractive is terrifying. I don't think I'm alone in this. While I know a few guys that are good with girls, a lot of my guy friends have no idea how to talk to women either, and I think it would be really helpful to touch on this. So I have questions for both of you. For Andy, how do you suggest a guy builds his confidence with meeting women? And for Charlene, how and where do women want to meet men in the real world? Thank you both, Anonymous. Ooh, that's a yeah. that's a big one. Yeah, this one I I love and I hate. Yeah, not because of the question or the mm. the Gandhi. It's just like I it frustrates me 
that online dating has become so ubiquitous that now a guy has no yeah. confidence that he even he sees someone he's interested in. Right. And he's like, well, can't do that. The, this guy could have been it had without online dating. Let's say he was born, you know, 50 years ago. <laughs> Does it have to be 50 years ago? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the earliest uh, 45, 40, maybe. Okay. But um, he's ruined. No, no, no. But for now, ruined for now. Yeah. It can be reanimated. Well, I'm not worried about him in particular because he wrote this email. I mean, it shows such he wants to spread his wings beyond the apps. The the, the want is the most important thing. Totally. Because because a lot of guys are like, why would I want to do that? I can just sit here like swipey swipe all day long. No risk. Yeah. No, the want is huge. And the want is what's going to get him to the next step. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is the venue where women are necessarily always the most open to advances. Mm-hmm. But it is the odds-on best place to sharpen your teeth. Okay. Is that what you say? Sharpen your teeth or your pencil? You can sharpen your teeth. Your Cut teeth. your teeth. Cut your teeth. <laughs> yeah, you don't sharpen your teeth. So go to a bar. That's where it's done. Okay. Go to a bar and go to a bar where the people at that bar are your kind of people. Don't go to like some rager club if mm. you're introverted. Don't go to some like gross pub like like it smells like barf and beer mm. if you're like, you know, really refined and don't like that kind of stuff. You know, just go to a place that fits you. Mm. Where the people are your people, like like Cheers, right? yeah. where everybody knows your name, dun, 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 dun. and they're always glad you came. You can get there. You gotta go where people know people are all the same. That's hard. You gotta go where everybody knows your name. <laughs> I haven't thought of that in years. Yeah, that's a great tune. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I feel sad. I feel like that's out of date. Out of date. Yeah. You want to go where everyone knows your name? Like, no, I, I want to go bar. to an app where everyone's hot and, oh. they, and they accept my swipes. Oh. oh, I mean, how can you say that's better? Yeah. How can anyone say when you're like, oh, you're being old timey, you're old fashioned. Yeah. How can anyone say that's better than it used to be? No, yeah, it's true. It's definitively worse. Yes. No question. Totally. I don't care how old you and are. If I'm you're 12 sorry. or 100, it's worse. Also, the risk of approaching strangers, you know, like I just feel like a, a guy who was not raised in Anonymous's time has more it's not a diss on you anonymous i just think it's like sort of universal you're inherently going to have less character because it's the bumps and bruises and the scrapes along the way it's the rejection that builds character there's a hundred percent there's a million analogies for this the caged lion is the ultimate so you put a lion in a cage you throw a meat He's not going to be able to hunt. Yeah. You take a dog, you turn him into like a a, chihu- a, 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 pomer- <laughs> a Pomeranian. You take a wolf. A chi palm. A yeah, pom- a chi. A palm chi. A palm chi. What did we, we saw a, a poo. Sh- didn't we see a short, what did we see the other day? We see a corgi, a pomer, a short, a Pomeranian corgi? Yeah. A, a, a porgy or a, or a, or a, or no, a, a porgy. Cor- Corgaranian. It was very cute. It was cute, but a little weird. It was too much. Okay. What's your point with My the My point dogs? is. You, you take a wolf, you turn it into Pomeranian, it does no, you throw it in the jungle, it's going to get eaten by a squirrel. Yeah. Literally, it has no <laughs> idea. This is the king. This is, the wolf was the top. Now look at dogs. That, the, Not the, all dogs, the, but yes, yes. I mean, I know, a I know lot what of you dogs. Mean. Okay, okay. Yeah, a French bulldog. Like, basically all 25-year-olds. <laughs> French bulldog. Yeah, French bulldog. Can you imagine? You're trying to steal meat from a lion. I don't see the lion. You know what? The lion, the lion wouldn't even react. Yeah. It would be the same thing as if a fly landed on the meat. You'd just be like, well, this is not an animal that I care about. So all these 25-year-olds are French bulldogs. 
the bottom line is they don't know how to hunt. Mm -hmm. And the best way, I'm just the advice part. I, yeah. I can rant all day about this, but the advice part I will give you is go to a bar, a bar again that that fits your crowd, that, that you like the crowd there, you feel comfortable there. It feels mm. like your your people. Go with a friend. Don't go alone. Go with a friend, a wingman, someone who's presentable, who's not going to make a fool of you, who's not going to belittle you in front of people, oh, yeah. who knows how Throw to actually... Throw you under the bus for his own gain. Yeah. And one caveat with these wingmen, very important. The wingman has to be able to handle himself. So if you go talk to somebody, mm -hmm. he's not just going to glom on yeah, and yeah. have to be there the whole time. Yes. He's going to be like, he's got his thing. I'm going to let him go. And now I'm on my own. And also and you, that's have, it. you have to be that wingman back. Absolutely. You yes. have to be wingmen. Again, think of it like an actual plane. Uh -huh. You're not just wingmen. Think of it literally. It's a literal <laughs> thing. It's survival here. Go with someone like that. Find yourself wingmen. Number one, most important thing. And not that's not necessarily forever. I think it's just to get started. Just to get started. Yeah. Because once you once you get comfortable with a wingman, you can go out solo or you can split off from your friends and go alone to parts of our and you can you can handle yourself. But to start, you need a wingman. And the most, the basic thing you need to do is look like you're having a good time. You have to be, you can't be sullen, like looking around, like yeah, staring, yeah, like yeah. no woman likes no, it's that. it's so true. The confidence yeah. piece oh, is- it's huge. Everyone talks about how that's the most important thing and it's so It's so true. important. The whole sleight of hands with, with picking up people of any kind <laughs> is that you have to seem like you're not trying to pick up people. Yes. So you can't be sitting against the wall with your friend just staring creepily yeah, at yeah, all yeah. the cute girls yeah, that walk by so true uh, or even not creepily just just not smiling like not talking to each other and yeah. just sort of like let's see who am i going to talk to no one likes that yeah you have to look like you're having fun you have to look like you're not there to pick up women you have to be actually having fun with your friend laughing talking and then when the time is right you see someone that you want to talk to Maybe she's already made eye contact to you. Fantastic. That's huge plus, even though that may not happen every time. <laughs> you, know, you don't always get that. Make the eye contact, offer to buy her a drink, period. That's it. I know it's as old as time. Mm -hmm. That's the way to he do it in a bar. graduate to more advanced moves yeah. down the road. This is I... 101. Yeah. yeah, this is 101. This is how to do it. Go to a bar. Good wingman. Look like you're having fun. Be confident. Make eye contact. Offer to buy a drink. Have something to say. Do not offer to buy a drink and then just stand there and be yeah. like, hmm, good drink, or, huh? Or just give a compliment and think no. that that's going to be the conversation opener. It, it, sometimes that'll work, but it's it's cheap and, it, and it's, it's not creative. You know what that is? That's like trying to build a big fire using only kindling. Yes. Good. Very nice. Yeah. Nice analogy. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's not great to have something prepared, but have something prepared. Think about <laughs> it all week. It's got to be something that shows interest in them. It's not just self-interested. It's not just about you. It's not you just trying to be funny. It seems natural. It seems friendly. It's something specific. Make it very specific. Mm. And engage. And just keep it going. Just stupid conversation. I mean, Andy's opening line to me. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Mm -hmm. What are you doing here? Yeah. The emphasis, emphasis on, on you. you. And there's also a so. So what are you doing here? Yeah. First words. Yeah, it's almost as base as like, do you come here often? But what's funny is that if you've got a good, if you are meant to have a good conversation with that person, the conversation will emerge. Yes. And if you aren't meant to have a good conversation with that person, or they're not interested, then a good conversation won't emerge and then you have your answer. Absolutely. Okay. So and when the time is right, get the phone number. 
D- don't even get the, I don't know what they get Instagram yeah, handles no, now. I don't think. I say go phone number. I agree. Go phone number. I get agree. that right to the heart of it. That shows confidence because everyone's going to ask for, oh, you want Instagram? Oh. Yeah. That's that's sort of chicken. I feel like that's the the texting equivalent of not calling someone. Just ask for their phone number. And do you think from their call or text? No, he texts. It's not. <laughs> it's 2023. You call, you're a psychopath. <laughs> okay, I agree, obviously, with everything you're saying. I mean, how could I top your advice? But I really think that a key thing to focus on is to open the conversation with observations. Yes. Like, yes, what are you doing here? But when I think of the best hit-ons with me, it's how the conversation becomes about the environment we're in. Absolutely. Maybe there's someone who's like really obnoxious and it's the elephant in the room and you can bond over how obnoxious you both find that Abs- person. Absolutely. Yeah. Or but keep, although, although keep it positive. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I will say, I would say that bonding over hate out of the gate is not a great idea. Bonding over hate like oh, 10 minutes I'm later is fantastic. Humorous. I'm thinking more humorous. It's like yeah. we can both exchange this knowing look over this thing and that bonds us. And then we can, go into more positive territory. Absolutely. It's more like you're you're constantly filtering who your people are. Yeah. And when I have felt that with a guy, I've instantly felt bonded with him because it's like we already have this understanding. We speak at least one of the languages we speak are the same. A hundred percent agree with you. And and it reminds me of then this isn't a line. I actually uh, <laughs> It got to the. I didn't. I didn't really have lines. I know. I Andy started was very advanced. when I when I was early. I I did like probably in college, but I didn't have lines. It would just be this is what I did, and I don't think this is not a strategy. I want to make it clear. This is the, how I am. This is how I think. So I was showing me. Yeah. What do you think about fill in the blank? That's a great opener because what it does is. And, and it's something super random. It's like, yeah. what do you think about the meaning of life? That's yeah. that's hacky. Yeah. That's like a magician. That's like some, a professional magician asks you to pick up a... Per- that's like in that book, The Player. Oh, That's the like game. something they... The, the game. Yeah. The game. Yeah, the game. They'd be like, what do you think about uh, something huge? No, don't do that. What do you think about something really specific? That's something that you would imagine a woman in this bar would be mildly interested in. Okay. At the very least. <laughs> What do you think about blank that? All right. That's it. That's your line. I'm giving it to you. You don't even have to think of one. Just mm-hmm. think of what the thing is. And you kind of have to figure that out when you get there because it's going to be something in the bar. And practice makes perfect. I mean, the, he will become less terrified over time the more he does this. Yeah. And the more he realizes that, and I'm going to speak for women now, women largely are not bothered by being approached by a guy as long as they're not creepy. It doesn't feel ambiguous. Yes. I don't like it when a guy is sort of like beating around the bush. Making believe he's not hitting on you. Yes. Hit on her. Guys don't talk to girls in bars because they just want to make friends 99% of the time. Okay. And I just want to add to, in addition to the bar setting, I think a restaurant setting at the bar. Like when I think back to my single days, I would often get dinner by myself at a restaurant bar. And I was always open to being spoken to, even if I wasn't single and looking. It's like a, it's a good place. It's a good opener. Sure. Absolutely. In my experience, what a woman wants, she wants like one in a bar. Yeah. In a bar setting. She doesn't want to feel like a number first of all. She doesn't want to feel like a number. She wants to feel special. She wants to feel like you are interested to hear about her. Yeah. And she wants like But not one- in a creepy way where you're only interrogating and you're not revealing anything about yourself. Yes. Yes. She wants one part mystery, mm. two parts 
light. Like she wants it to be, she doesn't want darkness. She wants light. Mm. You can bring the darkness later, but start with light. Bring in the darkness. Yeah, you can always bring darkness and the darkness will come, (laughs) but not at the outset. One part mystery, two parts light, five parts confidence. Mm. That's it. What do you think about, uh, I'm going to buy you a drink. Done. (laughs) (laughs) And also don't make the drink feel transactional. Not transactional. I'm buying you a drink, but you know what? I'm buying me a drink. I'm buying drinks. I'm buying everybody drinks. I'm getting myself a drink while I'm at it. I'll get your drink. I'm getting you a drink. And what I like about the buying of the drink is it's old school and states intent. Absolutely. But it also, she has the option to decline. Yes. And it doesn't, if it feels too transactional, like I'm buying you a drink, which means now you owe me the next hour of your time. No, No, don't do that. And very important, maybe the most important If you fail, try and try and try again. You will fail. You know, the fear is, I think if I was just an internet guy and I'd never met girls in real life, I would be, I would fear that I'd ask someone for a drink and I'd be like, oh, how dare you? The worst you're going to get is like, oh, I have a boyfriend or, oh, no, thanks. Like really nice. They're not, no one's going to be mean. No one's going to be like, how dare you ask for, you know, who do you think you are? Never going to happen. So the worst case scenario is it's a, it's a very polite brush off. And even if that happens one, two, three times in a row, that's fine. Those are statistics. You're not going to hit it on the first time. Most likely keep going, keep going and confidence every time. Don't ever seem like you're (laughs) sick of asking people to buy them drinks. I just want to add to the type of woman who responds with, ugh, why are you talking to me? You don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, that write them off. Like that was never meant to be. Trust me. There are a lot of women who will respond, even if they're not interested, politely. This has always bothered me. I can think of two girlfriends that I used to go out with and it was always excruciating because they would want to be hit on. And then if the guy hitting on them wasn't exactly what they were looking for, they would treat him like garbage. It always made my skin crawl because everyone is worthy of respect. And so if a woman treats you without respect when you make this effort and you're not creepy about it and all the things that we've told you to be, then that's on her. And thank God that you know from the onset that you don't have to waste your time with them. And some people will say, oh, that's that's old fashioned. That's stupid. And what if someone doesn't drink? Okay, let's we can talk about all the million things. Buy them a a mocktail. Buy buy them a seltzer. Who cares? It's the best way to screen as well as engage in conversation. Alcohol has been the lubricant of social interactions for literally thousands of years. Uh It is tried and true. Even if you don't drink. In the environment of alcohol and drinking, there's an environment. It's just where you should start. It's the easiest place, even if it's not alcoholic. And I will say this last thing, because I've said a lot here. (laughs) Go for a friendly, receptive face. Open face. Open. Yes. Open. Yes. Receiving. Yes. That's it. Yep. Okay. Anonymous. Good luck. Compliment shoes. That's always good. (laughs) Is that a trick? I've done that. That, oh, really? that was if if I had to look back at all my openers, I would say if there was one that w- repeated, it was a shoe comment. Really? Yeah, I always went for a shoe. Okay. I would talk about someone's shoe. I have to admit, when I was complimented on my shoes by guys, I'd be like, "Why, thank you." <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So you can use that one too. Yeah, it's better than just like, "Oh, you're so beautiful." Yeah. It's like I I'm noticing something else, something that reflects taste, yeah. detail orientedness, yeah. observation. Okay. Yeah. Good luck. Shoot. All right. This next question is from Carly. Dear Shandy, 
I started as a panda who loved Charlene's recaps, claiming that I wasn't a podcast person. I didn't think I'd listen when the switch occurred. Alas, I missed the witty intelligence and hoped your podcast would be as good as the blog. Needless to say, I'm now a loyal Shandy and a podcast person. Yay. Thank you, oh, Carly. Wow, wow, we turned her into a podcast so person. nice. I love Andy's songs, your very genuine perspectives oh. and advice, the constant laughter and the way Charlene says, very good when Andy gets a jingle or a primary color right. <laughs> oh. That's specific. This is so sweet. That's cute. Carly, thank you. That would have been funny if she opened an email like, I really love your Pretty Panda's blog, and I didn't think I would like the podcast, and I was right. I did not like the <laughs> podcast. But here I am. My question. My husband and I have been married 13 years. He's 39, a real man, and I'm 37. Very nice. We live in a medium-sized city in Virginia, have three kids, all elementary, and a rescue dog. We have shared passions, make each other laugh regularly, have supported each other through really difficult hardships and loss, and overall love doing life together. However, I occasionally want to throw our phones out the window. We were married before iPhones were a thing, so our relationship mm. started out in the pre-scrolling world. Motorola razors, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have lots of money, but we had fun on a budget, playing board games, Wii bowling. Oh, Nice. Wii nice. bowling. DIY projects, cooking, listening to music, occasionally going out, watching The Office, etc. Now, we try not to be on our phones too much when the kids are around. Usually our alone time is at the end of the day. Once our kids are down, I'm usually toast. There's one really fun thing to do in bed, which is still a wonderful part of our relationship. But with three kids, our work, our families, and a full social life slash extracurriculars, at the end of the day, our energy level lacks majorly, and we often resort to a electronics instead of quality time you know it's funny i kept thinking i was like what's the fun thing in bed they're talking about <laughs> that's how married i am <laughs> and if he's not on a video game he's on his phone and i'm on my laptop unless we specifically come up with something else some details i have a limit on my phone for flagging if more than a cumulative hour is spent on social media most of my time is spent on texts school stuff other parents close friends going through big stuff family etc Next point, most of our people communicate via text and email. Next point, my husband is a techie nerd. He loves electronics. He chills out and relaxes by reading the news or social media. Next point, I am a writer. Building social media is a huge annoying part of trying to get your content out there. You know about this. It's the worst. Oh, do I ever, Carly. Mm. I know some couples do date nights, but if we go out for dinner once a week and need a babysitter, that's between one to $200 every week. I'm an adjunct professor who makes diddly and a stay-at-home parent, so we are really on one main income and try to be wise fiscally. Next point, this is probably the thing we fight about the most. Me asking him to put his phone away and him being very frustrated when I do so, or mm. if I'm being hypocritical, which is true sometimes. Mm. I love that she can admit that. Yeah. She's Next, a real shandy. Yes. Next point, we have made a plan many times, both taking ownership. No phones between 6 and 9 p.m., putting the phone in a different room, time limits on the phone, a code word for when we see the other using it, etc. They work for a week or two, then bad habits sneak back in. I also don't want to be the one enforcing them. Not a great relationship dynamic. We have done an unplugged vacation, which was great. Technology has to be affecting all sorts of couples. We can't live without it, but I also hate its sneakily intrusive place in our relationship. I also know how important modeling using technology is for our kids. What advice would you give to a loving wife who also wants to smash her husband's phone at least once a month? Thanks for any A's to this very 2023 Q. Much love and gratitude, Carly. 
Oh, Carly. Oh, Carly. Great writing. Very nice. Yeah. I relate to this. This is yeah. such a tough one. And I love how she was so specific about what they used to do before they would just be exhausted on their phones. I do think having like, you know, they have to work a lot. They have the kids, the family life. There's a lot to deal with. So it's like the, the number of hours they have together at the end of the day are very few and oftentimes you're just like, like no. sometimes I don't even have an energy to play video games when I have finally time off because I'm like, oh, that's too active. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I have to cook meals. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a solution to this problem. Oh. It's very simple. Okay. What you do is you get a small bowl of water. Uh-huh. Very small. Like it just could be like a breakfast bowl or like a little bigger than a breakfast bowl. Okay. Fill it up. And then you, you take the phone. <laughs> You place them in the bowl. Uh-huh. You wait three minutes. Uh-huh. And that's it. <laughs> it sounds like they've tried a lot of things. And I don't know if we can really give advice that's going to like change their lives. But I really think when I think socially, what really works and what I think does help with us too is when she talked about having a time limit, it's like, okay, half an hour phone time. We're not going to communicate. This is just us doing the things. And that way you're really efficient in what you do on your phone in that time. And you're not just mindlessly scrolling because there is a time limit. And then it's like, okay, no more phones for the rest of the night. Sure. That I mean, to you, me works. You could do that. And that does work. The, the issue I have with that is that it makes you hunger for that phone time. No, like, it, uh, it, what I think is what you should try to achieve the stasis you're looking for is where you can just live, coexist with the phone in and out and not have it be this like dopamine thing where you're like, oh, I got to get the phone. I got to get the phone. It's just something you live with. Mm -hmm. Like it's like a, like a, a big giant mole on your arm. <laughs> you just, you don't well, think about it. I was thinking it. like a big perpetual mosquito bite. Yeah. It's like an, it, it, yeah, Oof, it's like a rash. It's like a rash on the bottom of your foot. Oh. And you just like, you know what? You take deep breaths and you're like, I know it itches. I'm yeah. not going to itch it. I'm in a meeting now. Yeah. You know, I'm with my family. I have a shoe on. I'm in the street. Yeah. When I get home, I'm going to have a good itch, <laughs> but I'm not going to think about that itch. <laughs> Doesn't that sound awful? Oof. I feel like we are a little bit like that. I've with had that before too. Like where, where it's like there's something at the bottom of your foot. Oh, there's nothing worse. This is the worst thing. Yeah. Or, or when your sock, the worst thing is when your sock's rolled up under your foot and yeah. you have a shoe on and you're out and you don't have time to like take your shoe off and put your sock. Well, that's the difference between us is I will pull over. Like I will do, I will get on a bench. I will do what I need to do to pull up that yeah. sock. There's, there, I, you, you respect them. Like I, I really should do that. I should get in the habit of that because there's nothing in life that upsets me more than a rolled, rolled up, up sock, sock under my foot. I totally agree. Okay. Anyway, that, that being said, I think that instead of creating rules about the phone, mm -hmm. I think you should create more activities that cannot involve the phone. Mm. Okay. That's all. Yeah. Because it feels like it's an addiction. Yes. I don't think you should treat it like addiction, but you're giving it too much weight. I think you should just force it out by creating things that it can't be involved in. Okay. That's, this is tough. I mean, I think in our relationship, well, I'm definitely the more phone averse one. Yeah. Like we came back from dinner last night and I didn't know where my phone was this morning. Yeah. I was like, oh, I never took it out of my handbag. Yeah, no, I, I can attest to that because sometimes I really need you. Yeah. And I'm like texting you and calling you and it's like two hours go by. Yeah. Nothing. I think my friends have just come to accept this about me yeah. and I don't think it's their favorite thing about me. I'm yeah. just not on my phone. That's great. I, I applaud you. I am so impressed. Well, it just doesn't make me happy. 
That's amazing. You're you have the ability to choose not to do something that doesn't make you happy. It doesn't even, but it's not even like choosing. I'm, it would t- it would be choosing to find my phone and be on it. For me, it affects my mood. Like I'm, I just I notice that I'm more down. Wow. Especially if it's like the mindless scrolling. Yeah. But it does, th- what's interesting about their relationship is that he really seems to kind of get off on the phone. Like he's into reading articles on there. He's like a tech nerd. He loves. I, I just, I think that they just, I don't know if I have advice for this. There's no advice. It's the world we live in. That's why I'm saying instead of creating rules around it, mm-hmm. just learn how to live with it in a more manageable way. L- accept it. It's part of our lives. Yeah. But just respect it. As opposed to just, I feel there's something about the rules that gives it too much weight. Oh. It's creating, it's creating too much elephant in the room yeah like i i don't want to think like ooh, another 10 minutes till my phone time you know i can't wait i'm looking forward to this all day respect the phone i know that's easier said than done yeah. but as i said if you create rules you create a monster yeah you're giving it the power all right i had a different take than you but i think you're probably right honestly they're not kids remember if you're dealing with kids this then is totally you different rules. you're yeah. dealing with a three-year-old you can't just be like, yeah, just, you know, Here's use your the iPad. phone with respect. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, yeah, I got it, mom. I'm cool. Yeah. You got to act like an adult about it. Don't let it become an addiction. Just manage it. You're like, I'm going to use the phone when I really want to, not for mindlessness. That's the problem. The problem is the phone is no longer like a thing. You're like, oh, I really want to read some articles. I'm going to look at my phone. Yeah. It's like, I really want a cigarette because I'm emotionally feeling something. Yeah. Like, it's like, I feel bored. I feel stressed. I feel excited. I feel sad. I feel depressed. Something's going on emotionally where you're like, oh, cigarette. It's just like a cigarette. Yeah. It's not coming from a real place. It's coming from a place of fear. And distraction. And distraction. It's coming from a place like I could- Numbing. Look, it's numbing. It's just, it's just, you've never smoked. I I smoked briefly a long time ago. Yeah. But it's a cigarette. It's the same thing. Like, oh, I feel emotion. I feel full after a meal. I feel really happy. I just got a promotion. I feel sad. I'm depressed. I'm distracted. I'm nervous. Cigarette. Just flattens it out. And that is where the addiction comes in and you have to overcome that. So when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling bored or when you're feeling nervous or some emotion is making you feel less than comfortable in a stasis environment, you say, you know what? I'm not going to go for the phone. I'm just going to sit with these feelings. Oh, Andy. Spoken like someone who absolutely (laughs) doesn't do this. You're better. But I know. Well, you're better because- I know of it because I do this. Yeah. And also I think- I, because I am on your case about this, yeah. my big thing with Andy is like the distraction element. Yeah. Like if we're watching a show, like we've carved out time to watch, we're like Netflixing something, and then you're on your phone while we're watching it. I'm like, do you really need two screens at once? Like, what are you getting out of well, either thing? Well, that's the ultimate. That's where it becomes. That's where I recognize that's a problem above a problem. Yeah, that's like the really. That's the end. That's where someone's in the final throes of some addiction. Uh. You're like, this person, they have to be institutionalized. Yeah. Like they can't be on their own anymore. But are you annoyed with me when I say- I am. I am uh, the fact of the matter is I'm annoyed with myself. The okay. annoyance you may feel coming to you uh-huh. is with myself. I'm like, oh my God, look at me. You're shining a light on something that I'm so disappointed in oh. myself with. Oh. And I I'm, I get annoyed at the only thing that's near me. I'm like, uh <laughs> I'm not looking at my phone. <laughs> he gets like that. I do. I yeah, you're like, mm, I'm just looking at this one thing. Yeah, and I feel ashamed. I'm like, look at me. It's so embarrassing. Aww. It's literally like someone going like hiding cigarettes under like the toilet or something. And, and you're like, are you going to the toilet to get your cigarettes that you hid there? You're like, no, I'm going, to, I'm making a poop. 
poop. <laughs> a flower, Andy. Oh, sorry. A flower. Well, I don't for know. other people. I don't I know that key about, word. I what is that? We were, I wasn't talking about us. I was talking about other people. <laughs> other people that poop. <laughs> Only flowers in this house. That's right. Okay. Did we answer this? I feel like we didn't. I think this I is think a good question to put out into the universe for other Shandies. In the comments, they can contribute if there's something that has worked for them. I think that this is a universal problem now. And it makes me sad. I think what's lovely about their relationship is that she said, like, we were together, Motorola Razor days. like, And they had more fun. They and had they more were, fun. They had more ideas. They had more flow. Yeah. This, this is what I've done. I've started to do. I haven't told you this, but this is what I've started to do with my phone. Oh. Because I've realized I have a problem. Yeah. And um, and I don't like it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't disagree so quickly. <laughs> but I say to myself, think of the great people in history. Yeah. The greats. Okay. You know, like uh, like Socrates, Amelia Earhart, you know, Plato, okay. Einstein. I don't know. Amelia Earhart, who ranked kind of low on our power ranking from our anniversary Q&A. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. But, I mean, she's still low on a huge list. Oh, she's well, low she on a huge to list. green. Green, the color green. The color green. Okay. Come on. That's okay. hard. I'll, I'll link that out here. Yeah, yeah. And I think to myself, like, um, you know, Hemingway. Like okay. Great, okay, okay. Like, you know what point. I'm talking about. Yes. I think to myself, if these people had a phone, not a single one of them would have done what they did. Mm. And I know that for a fact. Mm. There is no way that you would ever think of the name Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart would, I don't know why I keep saying Amelia Earhart. It's a great name. It's a great name. Yeah. Great what woman, a great, great name. name. But you wouldn't, it wouldn't be a great name. You're like, oh, uh, Amelia Earhart? Oh, yeah. Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. She works in accounting. I don't know. She's a middle, she mid-level accounting, accounting person. Oh, yeah. Amelia Earhart. I remember her from yeah, accounting. Yeah, 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 yeah. You wouldn't think Brown of that hair, name. Brown hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About 5'5". Five, five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her work hasn't been up to snuff recently, <laughs> to be honest. Looking on that phone a lot. <laughs> But these names would be lost in history. No Hemingway, no Socrates, no Einstein. Huh. Maybe Einstein. He's pretty. He would have still figured out how to beat the phone, <laughs> even with it. But the phone would have ruined life for these people. They never would have accomplished it, but they would have been so distracted. Every time they were sitting, when Einstein's sitting there thinking about the theory of relativity or space-time continuum, do you realize how many hours in a row he had to sit? And we're talking about possibly one of the smartest brains that ever existed in the universe. Uh -huh. Do you know how many hours... 10, 15, 16, literally wake up in the morning to sit at the edge of his bed thinking to get to the theory of relativity uh. that time slows down when something's going faster, when there's more gravity, and then to figure out that gravity is not a thing. It's actually a curvature in space time. <laughs> Do you think that he could have figured that out if he was sitting there looking at Instagram all day? No. 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 Definitively no. no. And I think about that. And every time I look at the phone, I think this is one more second that you're not going to be great. Oh. You're just taking your, your greatness chance is just ticking down. Yeah, but it's not even, let's say you don't care about being great. No, let's say anything. you care about being happy. Or just care Does about. Does it make you really happy to sit there scrolling on your or, phone mindlessly? Yes. Happy, but also your, uh, your potential. My, it, forget about great. Uh -huh. My potential probably isn't great. It's probably like fine. I think you have great potential. My fine is my potential is above average. <laughs> That's my goal. Okay. Right above. Like average is here. Okay. I'm like sitting right on it like uh -huh. on a park bench. Okay. Anyway, to get to above average, my potential, I am now sinking. 
I'm yeah. sinking. As a matter of fact, every time I look at that phone, I'm now below average. Mm. I am below the average of what I was going to be without phones. I know it. I'm well below it. I can feel it. Oh. I feel my thoughts not being clear. I feel my thoughts not being a train. It's more like a, a derail. It's like a train that's derailing. Yeah. The cars You're getting are falling off, at every off the stop. rails. Yeah. There's never, it never gets a chance to get momentum. Yeah. And every time I pick up the phone, I think no space time continuum, no of mice and men, no <laughs> for whom the bell tolls, oh. no airplanes, Wow. no philosophy, nothing with these phones. There'd be nothing. We'd be sitting around like a bunch of idiots, like I guess looking at phones that some smart person who wasn't looking at phones created for us. <laughs> Andy, you've never told me this before. Well, now you've 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 heard it. Okay, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I have noticed an improvement. A little bit. It's baby steps. Okay. Thank you. I feel like we can't really answer this question. I feel like this is just like the awareness is the first step. Yeah. Like when I first realized how my phone, all it really did was either distract me or give me anxiety. I just decided to reach for it less. And then I was happier. We we met this uh, last weekend. We met a girl who had a flip phone. Yes. Flip phone Lisa. <laughs> and she was, you agreed, one of the happiest looking people we've seen 100%. in months. Her eyes looked clear. Open. Yes. There was an open channel. You could go right into her eyes, into her soul yeah. and come right back you know, out her butthole. She butt looked hole. was... Pr- <laughs> That's where the soul ends. <laughs> it gets I mean, flowered that's, out. That's right. <laughs> she looked present. She looked like there was, if you were talking to her, she was with you 100%. Mm-hmm. And not just listening like academically, yeah. but like in you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Oh, These man. phones. Okay. Well, I think we'll we'll stop there. But like this was a conversation yeah. more than an A to a Q. Yeah. A good Q. A, if if we Q. had a really good A to your Q, I promise we would share it. But I think that this is a universal problem right now. You know, I just realized what? I actually think of all the people I mentioned, Amelia Earhart might exist with a phone, but she'd be like a huge Instagram star. <laughs> it would just be all the pictures of her like in the yeah, plane. Yeah, but it would only like, make her a little more annoying. She'd be so annoying. <laughs> like, oh, let me guess. Another plane photo. Where are you now? <laughs> oh my god you know what her handle would be what oh my this is good this is 100 percent true what? it would be amelia air with the heart emoji oh good andy you're proud of that one actually now that i think about it that's pretty interesting that her name was air heart yeah maybe Never that's why she that. became what she became that was like when we figured out the other day that nothing is no thing yes that Never wasn't the other day. It was last night, and we were both mind blown. Mind blown. Yeah. But you said no thing, and I was like, why is she pronouncing that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that's a wrap for this Q&A. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you know what we will ask of you, and that is to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Leave us Apple and Spotify. Podcast ratings and reviews. Tell your friends and generally do all the things you would do to support a podcast you enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye-bye. Dear 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.